We are recording now. Yeah. Um, just a pre-warning for you. Oh, no. If you ever get a water pick, don't turn it to level 10 and go at your gums, because that causes them to bleed. Just Dude, let you know. My gums just bleed all the time. No, really? <laughs> Actually, I did go through it. There was a time where they did. I had to go to the dentist to get my gums checked out. Turned oh, out I had gum disease, and they had to fix it. That was expensive, huh? It was very expensive, and it was very painful. I'll be honest. Yeah, that did they probably... laser yours? Huh? Did they laser yours? No, there were no lasers involved. Oh, there was laser. lots of rusty dental instruments involved as they, like, picked them picked in under my gums. Uh-huh. I've had a root canal, and... Uh-huh. I have to say that going through the process of fixing your gums from uh-huh. gum disease is the single most painful experience I've ever gone through in my entire okay. life. So, uh, brush your teeth, floss. Please. Yeah, Jessica had to do it, but they did like lasers in her into her gums. They like burned into her gums. See, I'd rather get lasers, man. Because whatever it shows was, only in pain for like a day. Whatever was going on, I mean... Dude, and this is when I had, like, crap dental insurance. And so Mm -hmm. I had to go to a crap dentist, basically. That sucks. Dude. Ugh, bro. Dude. It was like a madhouse. (laughs) I felt like I was going into, like, one of a a dentist office. Like, there was, like, back in, like, the 1940s. That's awful. I hate everything about that. I mean, I was just like, and I was sweating bullets, dude. I'm like, this is the <laughs> worst thing ever in my life. It's happening right now. Oh, no. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I never want to go through that again. Oh, man. So that was yeah. a weird opening. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But, I mean, we got to the nitty-gritty of it. We we did. We did. Yes. And I never want to go through the nitty-gritty of that again. Yep, we're done. That made me sweat, and I didn't even go through it. <laughs> Dude, I'm sweating so. right now just thinking about it. Ugh. So yeah, gross. No, thank you. It was, it was awful. It was awful. Mm. Yeah, I need yeah. to, you know, now I've got a dentist that, like, has high-tech stuff. But at the time, it was about, and maybe seven years ago, it was, uh, no. it was pretty brutal. <laughs> pretty brutal, man. No, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. So let's not eat dentists anymore. Unless they're Steve Martin. Oh, yeah, Steve Martin's the best dentist in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. We love him. All right, so let's do this. I'm excited. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. Recording. Every podcast needs to start with a golf clap. Yep. Everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Secret Level, a Geek Tyrant production. Joining me today is Billy Fisher. Yes. It is me again. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing all right. My teeth are feeling better. My gums are feeling good. We're happy. It's a happy day. I love hearing that. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah, so uh, 
What do we got in store for us today, buddy? Oh, you know exactly what we've got in store today, my friend. Oh, I know, but we got to get through the pleasantries first before we get to the, the meat of the situation. Today, we will explore the secrets of the movie The Explorers. Yay. Dude. Uh, what, what year did this movie come out, Billy? Uh, I believe this movie came out in 85? 84? Okay. All right. I I actually watched this movie twice before we did this podcast because we had some technical difficulties and a bit of time went by before we could record this one. My bad. And uh oh, it's technology, dude. It wasn't your bad. It was technology's bad. But we're here now and we are ready to talk about this extremely strange ass movie. <laughs> I mean, Before we get on, it's not The Explorers, it's just Explorers. If oh, you search up The Explorers, you're going to get some weird doggone movies. Doggone it. It is. Okay, yeah. Explorers, yes. Sorry. Yes. I don't know why I said The, The. It's cleaner without the The. It's cleaner without the The. Yeah. So yeah, Explorers, baby. Explorers. Look, here's the thing. During the course of this podcast, Joey and I have realized that Joe Dante is one of the best movie makers ever. Just because we keep coming back to his movies to talk about them in this podcast. I love the Dante. Dante is good. I think he, I think when he had his accident in the Twilight Zone, he kind of lost it. But before that, he was the man. Yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, this movie's a mixed bag of goodies and baddies. <laughs> uh, but it's not. It had we'll, the we'll potential. Get into it. Well, we'll get into it because it's not yes. entirely his fault. I it mean, is not. There's a good story here. There's a really cool, fun story, but and I, th- I think the casting. If you would have shuffled the three main characters into different roles in the movie, it would have been unstoppable. Yeah, there would have been. But we'll get into that because Joey and I both have very strong feelings about the actors in this movie. So, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of this movie how's your week been what's been going on what's new in the world of joe uh it's been a good week been a good week i have got some well i'm 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 gonna all right so we're going we're i'm going back to saying elsewhere holy crap what (laughs) yeah you weren't even expecting this were you i was not wow okay let's get back into the elsewhere what's going on okay so i was talking to a friend about this and he pointed something out to me that I never thought of before, right? So okay. You know how I'm <laughs> sorry that we're going back to saying elsewhere that this no, I this love whole it. conversation kind of blew my mind a little bit. So the theory there's a theory surrounding the series, right? Mm-hmm. So since uh all this stuff, you know, we find out at the end of the series that it was all made up in the mind of a of of an autistic boy, right? Right. So the theory goes, since the movie connects to Cheers, that the Mm -hmm. series Cheers is also in the mind of this autistic kid. And Frasier would go into that. And (laughs) yeah, so there's there's this theory out there that these shows now, because they connect to Saint Elsewhere, these shows are all now like these series were all made up in this kid's head. What? Okay. 
bro. So like, as he got older, the storylines got older, and it went into more mature content. Something and, I don't and know. Like, Frazier's really his therapist talking to him. It's a it's a fascinating theory, isn't it? Oh my gosh, that like ties into my Patrick Swayze theory. Yeah, <laughs> it so does. Talk about your Patrick Swayze theory. Joey knows about this. I have determined that every Patrick Swayze movie is a timeline in one guy's life. Like a story that continues on and continues on throughout this guy's life. I mean, I'm talking, you start with Outsiders, Dirty uh, Outsiders, you got, um, um, I just blanked on it, Uh, Red Dawn. Dirty Dancing, Ghost. You can even throw a next to kin in there and <laughs> ultimately culminating in Donnie Darko going all the way through there. Like just this guy's life, the tragedies and the ups and downs. It's it's my theory and I love it and it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially St. Elsewhere is this kid making up shows making up NBC sitcoms. That's fantastic. Good for him. He's a pro. Now, again, it's just a theory, but it's a fun one to think about. Right, exactly. It just it's fun to think about. But other than that, uh, I started watching this show on the History Channel. Okay. Uh, I think it's called The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch or the Skinwalker Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, I wanted show. to get into that. It's yeah, I think it's The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. And uh, it's fascinating. Like, I don't know what's going on, but whatever's happening in that area, it's crazy. There's some weird stuff. And I've I've been fascinated with Skinwalker Ranch for since forever. And so it's it's interesting to finally see that they're like doing this stuff on TV. At the same time, nothing happens. <laughs> right. They like build the suspense of everything and then there's no real payoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so so it's it's kind of sucks but there's weird <laughs> things that happen uh-huh the whole the whole reason they got these scientists there they're all trying to figure this out there's a guy named dragon who's like the head of security and he's the most annoying guy like on the planet right i mean <laughs> but why not but it's funny because it's like you get these you know they're trying to figure out what is going on and they keep seeing these crazy things are like, what is happening right now? We don't know, but we're going to do the science and find out. And then at the end of it, they're like, we've done the science. We still don't know what's going on. <laughs> so there's no, there's no answers to what is happening. It's kind of funny. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we talked when last time we hung out, we talked about that and it's something that we're both interested in. We're both really it would be much more fun if we were there doing it and not having somebody else yeah, tell us yeah, what yeah. they have. And it sucks to be the on the outside. Yeah. We should do it. And one other thing. Yes. So Billy and I both grew up in the Los Angeles area, and we've eaten at a lot of places together. We've found a lot of good food. Billy, have you ever heard of a place called Pie and Burger? Heard of, never been to. Right? Why have we never been to this place? All right? don't know. So I went there. My wife and I went there for the first time. Okay. And bro, this place was started in 1964. Mm -hmm. Um, It's in Pasadena, California. They 
they they they swear all the recipes they have are the exact recipes that they use from the 60s so if you ever want to go taste what it was like in the early what food was like in the early 60s you have to go here and i have to tell you billy the best hamburgers i've ever had bro that's a pretty bold claim i'm not right even there. joking and oh, they give it man. to you you're sitting at this bar uh-huh. They cook it right in front of you. They slap it on a bun. They put everything on, and they give it to you right there. Hot, fresh fries, milkshake, beverage. They got a freaking load of pies that you can choose from. All the recipes okay. from, like, the 60s. You're eating, like, 60s food, dude. <sighs> All right. I'll have to go out there and try it. It was so good. It's so – it's so, And okay, I know we don't so. talk for, like – we don't talk about food a lot on this podcast. This might be the first time we're talking about food. Right. But I might talk about it more because food is good. Yeah, food is fantastic, and I, I'm really upset that I can't go out there and try it. Oh, you'll see this. Next time you come out, my we're head. going, dude. We're going I, next time you're coming out. I know we've been by it. Yeah. We've said it before. We're like, what is that place? Yeah, I, fin- I finally went, went there. I finally, oh, like, you know what? I'm in the mood for a burger. I'm going to get a burger and I'm going to get something I've never had before. And so we went to Pie and Burger and it was amazing. Okay. And it's Man. just and it's just a simple cheeseburger. There's nothing special. It's lettuce, tomatoes, uh there's special sauce and I got grilled uh, onions on mine. Of course you did. And it was amazing. I, I want that right now. It was now. just That's... so fresh and delicious. Like I want that. Damn. Food so... from the 60s was good. I'm sure, dude. So, so there's... that's my new burger spot. Well, then let's go. Let's All go right. right now. Let's do it. Okay, okay. we're going to put this on the break. Put yeah. the podcast on a break while we go. Go. Oh, wait. That's six hours, bro. <laughs> it takes me a while to get there. All right. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. What about you, so... though? What's going on in your... In your neck of the woods, or in your neck of the desert, I should say. Yes. Okay, so this is the time of the year where if you live in the Phoenix area, you know you just don't go outside. It's amazingly hot outside, and you go out and you try to do things, and you just, you're just wiped out. As much as I want to go out and I want to go do some disc golf or keep myself active, I end up disc staying at home. Golf. I know. I just ordered some discs. We'll talk about that later. Sweet. Yes. I need a bag, though. Continuing on. Um, so we have, we had Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was a big thing when it came out. Yep. You know, everybody's excited about the prequel and yada, yada, yada. Well, The Eye of the World, that's the first book in the Wheel of Time series. There's like 28 books. Mm. I just got done with the first one. 28 books. 28 so i got done with the first one you got a long way to go buddy it's gonna be fantastic i hope that's my little caveat on i think it's gonna be fantastic okay so i just got done with the first book of it um and that's what the whole first season is about so i'm excited if you guys get a chance if you're at home right now with nothing to do pick up the eye of the world by robert jordan it's totally worth it and it's a fantastic book I am the eye of the world. You are the eye of the world. And I've also been into I've been watching a lot of musicals recently and I don't I don't know what started that, but 
you know, getting some singing in the rain and oh, some things going on. Love those films. Yeah. Heck yeah. They just feel good. And it amazes me how actors back then did everything. Yeah. They were they real sang, actors. They danced. It was like Gene Kelly. Even though they say Gene Kelly wasn't the best dancer, the guy was amazing. Debbie you know, Reynolds was, oh man. So that's what I've been into. That's what I've been doing to keep myself busy. All right. I'm really excited. We made it through the pleasantries. Uh, and I'm going to start off by reading the wonderful synopsis for this film. Do it. Do it. Young Ben Crandall spends his free time watching sci-fi films, playing video games, and reading comic books. Surprisingly, his affinity for all things fantastical yields a real result. When he has a vivid dream about technology, his science-loving friend Wolfgang Mueller manages to create a working spacecraft. Joined by their buddy Darren Woods, the boys take off into outer space and encounter some very odd extraterrestrial life. <laughs> what they fail to mention in that uh, synopsis is they created this working spacecraft out of trash. Just in random fact, crap they found at the junkyard. In fact, they used a trash can. Mm-hmm. And they used a, a cart from a tilt-a-whirl. It's fantastic. You know, I, I gotta say, <laughs> they're flying around in space and a craft made out of trash. It, it can't be very good or safe in any way. And even when I was a kid, and I used to like ride a boogie board down flights of stairs <laughs> for right. fun... Uh, I would never, in my wildest dreams, think of building a spacecraft out of trash and then flying into outer space. Well, so I think the... Um, I don't want to get too far into it, but the trash was just the vessel. We'll, we'll get into it, but yes. They they just needed a place to, a place to sit. That was the yeah, place I, to sit. Exactly. Okay, okay, I get where you're saying with that. And, and right. we can just get into it now since we're into it already. Okay. They, uh, if, if they, they could have just sat in like lawn chairs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it would have denied us the building of the ship montage that they gave us. They were really into it. And, and that's part of, that was part of them bonding because the three characters, the three main characters, really had nothing to bond over before that situation. I'm going to be honest. Okay. Ethan Hawke played Ben. River Phoenix played the, the geeky character Wolfgang. They were uh, friends, right? They were, yeah. they were already kind of bonded. They all already kind of had their thing. The third kid, right. Darren, who was played by Jason Presson, that kid, like... I'll be honest. I don't feel like he ever bonded with the other two. <laughs> no. He was, he was always just... kind of the outsider guy. Even when they're hanging out, he's always just the kind of the guy that's just kind of standing there and like not doing, just kind of like, okay, I'm along for the ride. Sure. You know, and they, okay. So the sad thing is, is if you ever watch Explorers, you're going to realize that it's not a complete movie. Oh, 
Yeah. You could tell they had more story and it got, it just got stunted somewhere. And so I think they missed out. They, like, somebody edited it wrong because they're supposed to show Darren Woods, you know, Jason Preston's character as, like, you know, had a troubled home life. They, they, Barely. They barely handed it that, yeah. Barely. So the only reason he was with them is because they were safe. He knew he could hang out with them and not be at home. But yeah, he he never really bonded. Yeah. But that's where I was talking he, before. He, through the whole thing, he was still an outsider. Right. Like, I never felt like he was accepted, truly accepted into the group. I. It, he was like he was the just, third, he was the third wheel. He was. He was. He was the third wheel in an already established relationship. Yeah. And they... They wanted him around because he was like the muscle. He was like, would keep the bad guys at bay, would keep the bullies at bay. Yeah. And he knew how to put things together. Like he sure. essentially put that trash together and made the ship. Yeah. But I don't think they really knew how to communicate with him because he would say stuff that I thought was genuinely h- hilarious and they would just kind of look at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I loved his character. His character was my favorite character in the whole I- thing. I, I agree with you. And this is, uh, I just want to get into, this was the feature film debut for Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. This was their first movie. It this was. movie launched their careers, right? They weren't really very good in the movie. Like, they weren't good kid actors. Ne- neither one of them were. No, uh, neither one. The best actor in this movie was... Jason Preston, who played Darren Woods, he was the only believable character in the film that felt natural in the movie. Right. And he's the one that never had the career after the movie came out. The other two guys had the career. This kid, nope, nothing. He's the one that had the talent. But he got he got the shaft. He did. He did. Like I was saying before, like if I were to shuffle the characters, I would have put Jason as Ben. I would have put River Phoenix as Darren and made Ethan Wolfgang. It would have been more believable because Ethan Hawke looks so uncomfortable in this that he would have been perfect as as the nerdy, smarty character that was uncomfortable in every situation. Yeah. Well, let's talk about seemed... the casting for a minute since we're let's go. kind of on the casting. Phoenix originally auditioned for the role of Darren. Which would have been perfect. He was, at the time, he, because when he first got cast in this movie, his first time acting, he he grew up in pretty much communes in South America. So he wasn't even like, he didn't know what was going on in pop culture. He didn't know what slang words were. Like, he was very, he lived a very sheltered life until he got into the Hollywood uh, world. He didn't want to be the nerdy character in the film and while he was shooting he would actually remove his glasses between takes because he was embarrassed in front of the girls in the cast because he didn't want to be seen as like the nerdy kid in the in the movie but he didn't play a good nerdy kid (laughs) no he did not (laughs) he was not good at that at all but yeah so he he auditioned for the darren character got cast in the in the other role the the wolfgang he doesn't even look like a wolfgang no but when i was a kid 
in the name Wolfgang. I was like, who would name their kid Wolfgang? It's such a weird right. name. They still think well, it's a weird name. <laughs> that's true. It is. A... Apologies to anyone whose name whose name is Wolfgang. By the way. <laughs> but, I mean, when you got James Cromwell as your dad, sure, you know, horrible German accent. Of course, your name's gonna be Wolfgang. Wait, what? Yeah, James Cromwell was his dad. River Phoenix's dad? Yeah. Shut the front door. Watch it. He's his dad, James Cromwell. Oh the my dad. gosh! He no. I thought you meant in real life. No, not in real life. <laughs> no, in the movie, bro. <laughs> I was like, what? Mind blown. No, of course his dad's James Cromwell in the movie. Yes. It just was not clicking. I'm a little slow today. Yep. <laughs> as funny as that would be. Yeah, no, no, no. James Cromwell has a bit part in it as the dad of Wolfgang. It's true. It's it's <laughs> almost uncomfortable. You caught me off guard. You caught me off guard there. That was funny. I do what I can. All right, good. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, at- yeah. As for Wolfgang. Ethan Hawke, this was his first acting role, and yes. he ended up landing it on accident. He was 13 years old when he landed the role. He had no intention to audition for it. Uh, a friend was auditioning for the movie, and he just went along for the ride to hang out. And he ended up just auditioning and ended now, up getting the it? part. How was it that he got the part? Like, if he's just there... Did someone see him there? What was the what was the deal? Yeah, so so Joe Dante, he was like, he had braces. He was kind of awkward, kind of gawky. I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going with like it now. It. Mm-hmm. You're like a reporter. He was an awkward kind of gawky, and I first thought he was cute. So I figured let's give him a let's give him these pages and see if he wants to do this. And he ended up getting the lead in a Paramount picture over the three professional Disney kids. So he just liked the look of him. Yeah, so Dante was just like, hey, this kid looks good. We're going for it. Yeah. Cool. All right. He went on to say, we saw many of them who are very professional and cute, but he was real. He just had it. I remember crew members saying to me, are you serious? He's never been in a picture before. He knows about the marks. He took right to it. He understood the filmmaking process. I don't know if that's what Joe Dante sounds like, but I really like your impression of him. It makes me happy. So, there will be more Joe Dante movies in the future. Yes, yes. Just for the accent. <laughs> well, as you may or may not know, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Dante wasn't the original director of the film. That always seems to be his thing, though. Yeah. Like he, he always seems to be like the second guy. Like, this guy can't do it. Ah, eh, throw it to Joe. And he does a fantastic job. Yep. The director originally hired to make this movie was Wolfgang Peterson. Another Wolfgang. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. And this was after he made The Never Ending Story. The Never Ending Story. But he wanted to film the movie in Germany. The studio did not agree with this decision they're like no so they're like you're out wolfgang joe dante's in and so they so basically 
he didn't do it. And instead, he went on to make the science fiction film Enemy Mine. Fantastic movie. I love everything about that movie. Which, which was filmed in about. Germany. Well, of course it was, because that's where he wanted to be. Yes. You know, but I mean, the I question, just want to say, we're going to talk about Enemy Mine at some point. The question is, had Wolfgang directed Explorers, who mm-hmm. would have directed Enemy Mine? Something we're going to have to look into. Exactly. And plus, I want to watch Enemy Mine now, so I mean, we have to do it. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, that makes me happy. Continue on. All right. Well, as you know, the film had a very troubled production. As we've talked about before, the movie does not look like it's finished. There are missing pieces. <laughs> there are missing scenes. There's, the editing is shit. That is the, the softest word that we can use for that editing <laughs> process. Like, There's far worse words that we could use and it explains it better, but... Um... There might be children listening to this. And the movie was actually in a prolonged editing process when the studio was like, hey, we're going to release this movie a lot sooner than we planned on. (laughs) And so they forced forced the rush editing job, basically. Mm -hmm. And the movie was not obviously finished to Dante's satisfaction. The studio told Dante that he was finished and they were going to go ahead and release what he had at that point. He wasn't finished with the movie, but the studio told him he was finished and they released <laughs> and you the unfinished totally film. Feel it. Oh my gosh. It's... I've never. Oh. Can you imagine the frustration Dante must have been feeling in this during this time? Bro. I get so mad when the ending comes and they're all floating through the air. Well, Why? We don't know. Let's talk about we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into okay. the ending. I'm sorry. My, my anger is boiling over. So, yes, we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm, it just pisses me off so bad. The, yeah, okay, go, the do action, your thing, bro. I was gonna I'm going to sit here and The fester. original rough cut of the movie before they started the editing process was three hours and 15 minutes long. I believe that. And I feel like we need that because what we get is the setup to a movie and then it stops. Yeah. Like you're about to see something amazing. These kids have started an adventure and then they're like, just kidding. We're done. (laughs) I know. Oh, Oh, my gosh. It had the potential to be in the level of Goonies. It did. You know, of of E.T. It had the potential. Like it would have been. As high grossing, but it would have been as talked about as like Never Ending Story. Yeah. Or Flight of the Navigator, well, or something like and that. The, the, the Dante said, he goes, uh, he says, they ruined it by releasing it before it was finished. Then didn't support it in advertising, so it bombed and they lost a fortune. Idiots. I, we're going to get into it, but they set up some really great characters n- near the mid end of the movie. That we never get back to. But what and we should have. But here's the reason why. I'm going to kind of give you a little uh, background of why this happened to the movie. Why they rushed it out. So okay. at the time, while they were shooting the movie, uh, Paramount's, P- 
Paramount Pictures was being run by Michael Eisner. Mm-hmm. And the production was being run by Jeffrey Katzenberg. Two very good names. Yes. Both of them ended up leaving the studio for Disney while they were shooting Explorers. Dante was asked to rush his work on Explorers and then rush out Gremlins 2. They wanted him to like rush right into Gremlins 2 and get that made. And that's another story for another day. Yes. <laughs> Gremlins We're gonna get 2 is a nightmare, nightmare. of a production. I mean, look at this. I know everybody wants to see a sequel, and everybody's rushing to see a sequel, but then you look at franchises like Back to the Future. They didn't jump into the second one. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They flushed out the story and ended up with two films. Like the, Originally, those two films, two and three, were supposed to be one film, but they're like, no, this is too fantastic of a story, and then we got Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah. If they would have done that with Gremlins, we would have had a, a complete series. Yeah. Not some crazy, let's make fun of the first movie sequel. Yeah. Dante. We'll get into that later. I'm sorry, I'm mad. No, it's good. But Dante said when uh, they first started shooting Explorers, I mean, production was moving fast. So when the kids came onto the set and they came onto the space, saw the spaceship, it wasn't even dry. The paint wasn't even dry yet. They like, they're like the concrete they had laid was still wet. That's how like, that's how fast they were trying to get this movie in production. That's crazy. It was after Paramount, the new executives at Paramount took over. Dante had to make super deep cuts to make sense of the unfinished film. He says, "There's a whole subplot that's cut out with the bullies. Our guys go back to school, and there's this magic something or other they got." from the aliens and the kids' clothes disappear. We shot all that stuff, and we just never had a chance to put it in the movie. Exactly. Like I said, The Bullies was a a dead-end storyline. Dante went on to say that they had to cut a party scene at the last minute in which Ethan and Amanda would have their first kiss. Which would there wasn't. Which would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Again, and I'm going (laughs) to... Because with the ending, there's no relationship ever concreted between those two characters. Yet, at at the end of the movie, they're, they're both flying through the air <laughs> together. Exactly. And she has no idea what the hell happened before. She, she has no idea about the aliens or anything, yet all of a sudden she's floating through the air and she's cool with it. Right. <laughs> like, oh, this isn't weird. Yeah, it's not weird at all. Look, when you have an actress like Amanda Peterson, who we lost way too soon, she was a fantastic actress in the 80s. Can't Buy Me Love is still one of my favorite movies. Yeah. When you have an actress like that, you don't waste her with what they gave her. I know. Oh, it's so Uh, frustrating. It's so frustrating. But yeah, so the thing I love the most about Explorers is what could have been. I know this is going to sound weird, and we haven't talked about when we get to when they go into space. We're going to have to talk about it because I'm going to say something that may sound outrageous, but when you watch the movie, you'll understand what I mean. Okay. Okay. So let's get there. Let's get to yep. when they get into space, and we'll go that part. <laughs> Sometimes you, we just can't help bringing it up. Right. Uh, so Dante explained this this 
scene that was cut saying he gives her a hideous moon rock ring that he thinks looks great. At the end of the movie, when they're flying, he looks at her hand as she looks at the ring. And of course, we had to cut that. It's still kind of a weird scene because you don't know what's going on anyway. <laughs> right. Oh, I got a ring on. Well, maybe if you would have made the movie. Like I said, it was an extremely charming movie that they murdered. Like, yeah. I love it so much because I can see the potential of what it could have been that we just missed. Yeah. But the the what you do get, the pieces that you do get, it feels like somebody's showing you like you're at a um like a cinema con or something like that and they're trying to sell you the movie so they're showing you important scenes throughout the movie. That's what the whole movie is. Yeah. Like they're trying to tease you into watching the movie. Yeah, it's like a tra- it's like a hour 40 minute trailer or something. Yeah, it's an extended cut trailer. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> But it's true. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, uh, I keep I keep th- getting mad. Oh, it's okay. This is this is why we do the podcast. It's to vet our frustrations on some vent. of these movies. <laughs> and then you guys will see when you watch it. If you haven't watched it, or if it's been years since you watched it, you'll understand what we're saying. Like it feels like you just start getting into a good storyline in the movie, and then they switch gears on you. Yeah. It's like uh, crap. there. There's a there was a theory floating around at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that some of the story made its way into Exorcist 2. Hmm. Oh. So the director okay. of Exorcist 2, according to Dante, had a philosophy outlining how all of consciousness is part of one giant being. Mm-hmm. That was in the movie at one time. It involved the adult Dick Miller character and how he was a psychic, connect, how he has a psychic connection to the kids because that's how he felt when he was younger. All that stuff got muddled and didn't really come through. No, it did not. No. Did not come and that's through another thing. at okay, all. So Dante, Joe Dante really loved Dick Miller. That was like his guy. He's in the movie, and his storyline starts building up. Yeah. And then it just stops. Yeah, then you're like, wait, what happened to Dick? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, aren't we saying that in most movies? But, I mean, seriously. <laughs> He had, he had this great story, like because he's he's for some reason caught on to what the boys are doing, and he really wants to be a part of it. And then you just don't see him anymore. That's it. He's yeah. gone. Yep. <sighs> yep. So. And any extra footage that did make it into the the final cut of the film, it's gone. Like it's disappeared. It's gone for good. It will never be found. We will never see any of this footage. Otherwise, I would be tweeting the hell out of trying to get the Explorers Dante cut done. People just don't understand the intensity of which I would do that. <laughs> I sat through the Snyder cut. Woohoo. Give me Explorers. I want to see that three hour and 15 minute original cut of the film. For real, though, I do. I really do. I really do. <laughs> but well, yeah, none of that footage exists anymore. Joey and I are determined that we're going to somehow get a hold of Jason Presson and get him on the podcast and have him tell us what we missed in this movie. Yes. Because he knows. He does Ethan Hawke might be a little far-reaching for us, so we're going to go for Jason Presson because he needs it, and we need it. Yeah, we need it. I don't know if he needs it. I wonder how he's doing these days. I hope he's doing good. I hope he's doing good, too. I mean, 
I mean, I hope he's happy and I hope he really wants to be on our podcast to explain some stuff to us because I feel really cheated. <laughs> but it's not his fault, though. It's not his fault. That's why we need to get him on here. He can set the record straight for us. Um, Don, Dante also had issues with the poster for the movie. He did not, <laughs> he, he did not like the poster for Explorers. Much to the determinant of my career was from the director of Gremlins. The poster was black on black and featured a backyard fence with a light coming from behind. It just looked awful. When you put it up on billboards, it looked like tar paper. That does seem pretty awful. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. I mean, I know the, the cover for the DVD is all three boys in the spaceship. Now, I looked up I the poster to see what he was talking about. Yeah. And it gives off a mysterious vibe. It's something that, like, I think you'd see something J.J. Abrams do for a poster okay. to tease one of his mystery box movies, right? Yeah. But it I think really, maybe it it's really just... teased the mystery of the film, but I get what he's saying. It wasn't what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Well, but back then, it's a different, it was a different time. Now they're doing those type of posters because... Minimalist stuff. Uh, because of movies like Explored, because of the marketing for those films. We're seeing the resurgence of that now because they want to grasp the nostalgia of then. Right. You know? Right. And we can see we can see it working now, but back then, yes. In the 80s, they wanted, you know, like the Star Wars poster. They wanted the grab-me kind of picture, you know... That was the thing. That was marketing back then. Things have changed. Yeah. In an interview, Dante was asked about the film and if he, he had watched it uh, since, you know, it's released. And he said, it's a tough movie for me to watch because it doesn't represent what I was trying to do. It's just like an interim period that got frozen in stone. Though I'm very pleased that people would come up and say they liked it. They show it to their kids and all that, and I think that's wonderful. It's charming, but it just isn't what it could have been. And that's, okay, that's so true because I showed it to my boys, 10 and 6, mm -hmm. and they both got it. They're like, we want more. What happened? That was, a really, that was really cool, and when it went over, they both were very shocked and very upset that, Suddenly, kids are flying through the air for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. And then they end up on an alien ship with the most uncomfortably strange-looking aliens ever created for film. Right. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we talk about that? Okay. <laughs> this is what I've been wanting to hit on. The female alien, I could do without. Don't need to see her ever again. Creep me out. But the dude... Like, the makeup, it's like the makeup on the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. Everybody else's makeup was kind of weird and kind of off. But for some reason, they got his face magically right where this dude's I... face actually worked with all that makeup. Like it, I know. It looked it too real. It was so weird. It was so good. It's still, I, when I watched it both times, I was kind of wowed by that. I was like, right? man, that's just like, everything just lined up perfectly. Yeah, it's not, it's no, there's no animatronics. There's somebody in that suit and they somehow seamlessly put his mouth onto this mask. So the ma his mouth is the only thing you see, but there's no, there's, you can't see it connected anywhere, but it moves flawlessly. Like you can't see makeup bunching up or anything like that. It's just, 
and with the speed that he talks, it's it's wild. It's wild. It is but wild. It, it's 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 kind of it's one of those rare things that I was kind of in awe of. At the same time, I I I really just did not like those alien designs. No. <laughs> No. When I it watched was... it again, because it had been it had been years since I watched it last, and so right. rewatching it, I was like, "Whoa, ugh, I hate looking at these things." Right. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, horrible. And but I remember when I first saw Explorers, I was really scared of the dad alien coming in, <laughs> and so when I watched it. Just recently, as an adult, I was like, "Oh, am I gonna get freaked out?" And then he comes walking in. I was like, "Lame, what was I scared of?" But as a kid, I was like, "Oh crap, he's gonna get him!" And that's well, another storyline. And then the whole thing with the with the dad and the, the aliens stole their dad's car or their dad's <laughs> spaceship, right? And and it's and it's funny because of the way the aliens thought too because they thought if they found out they were just kids because the aliens were just kids yeah. and so if the other kids thought the aliens were just kids they thought the human kids would be disappointed right yeah they wanted to give them the alien experience but at the same time there was kind of a bit of disappointment when they found out that they were just kids who stole their dad's spaceship <laughs> right but it also brings and I th that's what's so charming, and that's what I wish could have gone because you know there was more storyline yeah, with yeah, those yeah. aliens, and I wish it could have gone on because it showed our main characters that no matter where you are in the galaxy, problems are the same. Yeah, parents just don't understand. I just I just think it's funny because it's like you're on an alien spacecraft with aliens. Who cares if they're just alien kids? Right. <laughs> what? Why are you disappointed? It's like you're on an alien ship with aliens. You should either be shitting your pants or you should be super excited. I mean, Wolfgang was falling in love. I mean. I guess there's a third option yeah. there. There's the, the, <laughs> Yep, the falling in love option. It was, and it was so, good on him. It was so awkward with those kids hanging out with the aliens, though. It was just because it there was, it was like, oh, okay, cool. It was like, there was no surprise. It seemed like there's any type of surprise was kind of gone out the window. Right. It was yep. like, oh, this is just normal. We do this every right. weekend. That's what makes me think there was a bigger story. Like, there was an, like, maybe those kids got caught up with another alien race that was coming to kill them or something, and our friends had to go save them. It just never yeah. came up. Yeah, it just never. It's, there's, I, I'm uh, judging by what we got, right? But I know that there's stuff in between the, the lines setup. that we just don't know about. Yeah, right. Ugh, it makes me mad because yes, it was a good setup. I was there. I was present. I wanted to be with them in that situation, and then they pulled the rug right out from under your legs. Yeah, I'm gonna get into some, into some kind of a list of Easter eggs. Because this movie is filled with Easter eggs, Billy. And before and Easter eggs were even a thing. Right. Like so I started you and I have talked about this. We started pointing things out to each other, like, did you see this? Yeah, I saw this. Did you see that? I didn't realize how many there were. Yeah. Like it didn't strike me that there were so, so many. So many. 
it was it's awesome to kind of see like all the Easter eggs. Because, right, this is 1985. Yeah, and back then people weren't even probably weren't even looking for these things because people didn't right. look for Easter eggs back in the 80s. Because and I th- I think this is what Joe and I find so amazing about this movie is that it's it's giving you everything that you need, but you, subtly it's not pushing it in your face. It's like, it, did you catch that? Oh yeah, yeah I caught that. That's yeah. so cool. You know, it's the first movie to really do that that I can think of, that I can remember, that I was like, oh, I know what that is. Yep. You know what I mean? So, okay, list them off, yeah, buddy. Yeah, here we go, here we go. so happy. So, when the helicopter pilot looks at, there's a scene where a helicopter pilot looks at a newspaper, and one of the headlines says, Kingston Falls riot still unexplained. Kingston, Kingston Falls was the town where the events of Gremlins took place. Joe Dante's Gremlins. Yep, Joe Dante. Yep. 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 And who's the pilot of the helicopter? Dick Miller. Dick Miller, who also starred in? Gremlins. And? Booyah. Oh, sorry. I was just really excited. The Burbs. The Burbs. He was in The Burbs, another Joe Dante movie. Right. We're all in. Like, Dick Miller's all the way in. So, yeah. I just thought that was cool. I noticed that, too. You and I talked about it, the Kingston Falls. It's like, it's all in the same world. Yep. So, On the sorry. same newspaper that references Gremlins, there's a nod to another Dante film, The Howling. Mm-hmm. The headline references that a fire at the colony is suspected arson. That's fantastic. I forgot about The Howling. Yep. Oh, man. I'm always so focused on this movie or Twilight Zone. The yeah. Howling. Yeah. Gosh darn Another it. great okay. classic by Dante. Man. As the boys are looking through the junkyard to find trash to build their spaceship with. <laughs> the trash ship. They find, or you can see they don't find it, but the yeah. rosebud sled is seen sitting at the top of a pile of trash. Right. And for those of you who don't know, rosebud. Citizen Kane. From Citizen Kane. 1941. Orson Welles. Boring movie. It uh, lost a lot of money and almost put RKO under. <laughs> right, we could, Joe and I have a wealth of experience. With Luckily, Val Luton came in to save RKO at the time. Val Luton. We'll uh, talk about that later. Yep. The boys attended Charles M. Jones Junior High School. The and... school is named after iconic animator Chuck Jones. Looney Tunes. Chuck Jones. All the Looney Tunes. And there are numerous references to Looney Tunes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. When the boys create the sphere in Wolfgang's basement and it goes crashing out a window, the imprint in the glass looks suspiciously like Bugs Bunny's head. See? For those of you who are paying attention. Yep. Also, Wax, first word. Wax is the name of the alien, by the way. Uh, to Ben and Darren are, what's up, Doc? Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Whack is kind of like Bumblebee in the current. Oh, uh, great! Yeah, movies. I like that. I like that explanation. Can can only speak in um, commercials and TV shows. Just yep. quoting those. It's it was a cool concept at the time, and thus we've seen it again here in uh, the Bumblebee version. Yep. Of our Transformers movies. Inside Wolfgang's basement, the toy monkey from 
the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind can be seen. Not only seen, but it hurts my feelings because it is the actual monkey from the movie, and they destroy it. Yeah. That broke my heart when I found out. When Yeah, when I found out that was what it was, I was like, man. Yeah. But it's not like I could ever get my hands on it anyway. It's haunted now. Yeah, it's... it's is it the monkey. same toy monkey in the uh, museum of the Warrens? Haunted Museum? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I think it is. I don't think it's the exact monkey, but it's a haunted item that looks like that monkey. Those are scary regardless. Anyway, the sound effects from the movie at the drive-in were taken directly <laughs> from the original 1982 Atari 2600 video game, Yars Revenge. Yars Revenge. Dude... And that's another thing that I find amazing in that movie, that there's a movie inside of the movie <laughs> that has its own stigma, kind of like Star Wars. Yes. But it's so bad. Yeah. It's fantastic. The oh, Star man. Killer science fiction film that was made up for this film parodies low-budget Italian-made Star Wars ripoffs, which the actors' voices in which the actors' voices are dubbed. So bad. It's so the fantastic. The Star Killer science fiction. At the drive-in, mm-hmm. the boys are watching a movie featuring a spacecraft hero named Starkiller. As you probably all know, George Lucas originally intended the lead character of this movie, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, to be called Luke Starkiller until he changed it to Skywalker at the last minute. Skywalker is a lot cooler. Starkiller Star would have just made him go to the dark side. I believe this. The look and voice of Starkiller in this fake movie was modeled after Elvis Presley. Yes. I want to see that movie. The movie that they're watching. In that, that movie needs to be made so bad. So bad. Because it's so bad. The classic Wilhelm scream that you hear in Star Wars. Yes. Can be heard during an explosion in the drive-in movie Starkiller. Of course. When the kids are rummaging through the scrap before they find their trash for their ride, <laughs> Ethan's character Ben tries an old gas mask on and uses his flashlight as a lightsaber as if he's impersonating Darth Vader. When the Thunder Road is being led to the alien spaceship, and for those of you who don't know, the name of the kid's trash ship is called Thunder Road. <laughs> We refer to it as trash ship, but it is called the Thunder Road. Yes. Uh, And while they're headed to the alien spacecraft, Wolfgang says, they're here, which is the famous line from Poltergeist. Booyah. Which we've already done, and yes. Oh, in case you didn't know, the kids name their spacecraft Thunder Road after the Bruce Bruce Springsteen song. Of course, because that's just what kids do. All right. So this is where we're going to talk about how the junk mobile, <laughs> a.k.a. Thunder Road, actually flew. Are you going to get into this? Uh, so in the movie, the computer that Wolfgang uses to control the bubble, the bubble is this thing that they find that if they run um, if, if they run their processor super high, they can find this bit of alien technology that they can grow to different sizes and can take them into the air and fly them around. So that's how the junk mobile flies. And that's why we said earlier, they, it could have just been lawn chairs. 
they just put yeah. the bubble around it and they could have flown away. But they needed something to bond these boys since they took the bullies out and there's no love interest and there's nothing. There was nothing a love else. interest, but it just kind of faded out into <laughs> nowhere. Yeah. So that's what we get. So um, anyway, so when they find the bubble, the computer that Wolfgang is using is an Apple IIc. Yep. Yep. The original Apple. You know, well, there's one before it, but I mean, it's just crazy to see how it started back then and what we have now. It was released in 1984. It had a blazing fast (laughs) 1.023 megahertz processor and 128 kilobytes of RAM. Right. Rad. And how much would one of those cost? Oh, uh, back then? Uh, I think it was, what, $35,000? $35,000. It contained 73 megabyte hard drive and 1.5 megabyte memory. It weighed 130 pounds. So just imagine (laughs) what we have on our phones right now. We're, We're talking terabytes nowadays. They were running on 73 megabytes. It's insane. Yeah. So, uh, we've come a long way in technology since the 80s. Right. Since 1985, (laughs) a lot has happened. Um, Get a little bit more into it. It it required a custom portable wooden crate to house it on set. Like the movie needed a program. Well, they needed a program written in C language, which, if you've ever coded in C language, it takes (laughs) forever. But, um, they needed that so it could redraw a 3D wireframe scene in real time. I mean, I, for the time, the technology that they were using, like they 3D mapped the room, the basement, for what they had, that looked pretty freaking amazing. I mean, yeah. considering what they were using. Yep. So, yeah, um, it's just for such a... For young kids to be using the computer, like that was the computer of the future that they had back then. That 130 pound, 73 megabyte craziness. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy that that uh, Wolfgang's dad let him use it. Unless did they find that 35 thousand dollar computer in the junkyard? No, no, no. He built it. Remember, he said <laughs> he built it. I know. I'm joking. He built it out of the junkyard parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So I know you're gonna watch and go, "Oh, that looks like crack." But think about the time. Think about the time period. That yeah. was that was the latest and greatest. Yep. So yeah. Um let's talk about the aliens makeup. The, let's do it. It wasn't only uncomfortable to look at, but it was also uncomfortable <laughs> for the actors to wear. <laughs> so uh. so Wack was played by Robert Picardo. Mm-hmm. And he explained that the makeup was like having a typewriter bounced on his head. And the father was like balancing a television. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. When when the rest of the crew were enjoying lunch, he would have to sit there at the table and take the pain, which drew him to tears and actually caused open lesions on his head. So he was not comfortable at all. No. That's awful. Now, while Robert Picardo received the actor credit for the father alien role, mm-hmm. the father's voice was actually provided by, do you know the answer to this, Billy? 
No, tell me. Frank He's... Welker. Frank Welker. Hmm. See, I should have known. Welker also provided some voiceover work for Whack, although the rest of the dialogue was performed by Picardo. Welker's voice is heard usually when Whack does a celebrity impression, which was all the time. He, yeah. he was doing impersonations almost to the whole thing. Well, I mean, I know Frank Welker's a pretty well-known voice actor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, if Picardo was doing all the voices of Whack, that's amazing. Because he sits there and he he quotes commercials. He's doing the different voices. It's pretty. Well, Picardo pretty also awesome. played one other role in the movie. Okay. He played Star Killer, <laughs> <laughs> the space he hero of the movie at the drive-in. Right. Oh man, we need to see that movie so bad. A couple other little bits of information during the. The test flight of the kids over the mm-hmm. circuit board at the film's ending, some of the camera angles and moves are meant to mimic the flight to Neverland from Disney's Peter Pan. I can see that. Yep. That tracks. Uh, yep. Wolfgang's talking rat is named Heinlein. Is it, mm-hmm. or is it Heinlein? How would you pronounce that? I, I can only hear it in... Um... Heinlein. I'm trying to do it in German. <laughs> yes. So he's a pretty naughty rat, that Heinlein. Yeah, we'll call him Heinlein. So Wolfgang. <laughs> so Wolfgang's. Uh, so Wolfgang's talking rat is named Heinlein after science fiction author Robert A. Heinlein, who wrote many stories about young boys experimenting with spaceflight. Okay, good. That could have gone anywhere. You could have gone I did anywhere the dramatic else. pause for effect. I was freaking out for a I was second. Gonna, I was letting people's imaginations take over right there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I mean, let's see. There are some other ones. Like, I just noticed that when um, Ethan Hawke's character, Ben, would have dreams, there was segments of War of the Worlds in it. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Yes. He must which have I thought like... was leading up to something. Yeah, right? I thought so, too. Never did. Nope, didn't. Ah, jerks. All right. The film was originally going to end with Ben, Wolfgang, and Darren being given a device which they use on Steve Jackson, the bully in the film, to make his clothes vanish as revenge and with Ben kissing Lori at the party. Amazing. It is amazing. But... The ending of the movie ended up being improvised. The movie ends after a scene under a tree. It's all post-dubbed with other dialogue. Dante revealed, in fact, the whole progression of the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie is kind of a mess. It so is. It so is. Yeah. What could have been? It it was great. What could have been? Yep. It it was awful. (laughs) Oh, man. In River Phoenix's biography, it says that River had a huge crush on Amanda Peterson. And why not? Yeah, who wouldn't? Gosh. Right? When I was a kid, I was like, dang. Right. (laughs) 
Can't Buy Me Love, people. Go watch it. But he was very upset that she preferred Ethan Hawke. In fact, Joe Dante confirms there was a bit of a rivalry between Ethan and River over Amanda Peterson. They were always sort of vying for her attention, and I think Ethan won. No, I mean, you win, we win some, you lose some. Yeah. <sighs> so we've talked a lot. We've built up the the actor Jason Presson, but this was pretty much it for him. He did this. He did a fantastic movie that we're going to talk about at some point called The Lady in White. Yep. Oh, Lucas I can't wait Haas. to talk about that movie. Love that movie. And, of course, the disaster that is known as Gremlins 2. Yep. So... Maybe we could get him to talk about one of those. That would be great. Maybe if we could talk about Lady in White. Yeah. I think that's one of the most underappreciated films ever made. Yeah, me too. And I, I don't say that lightly. I mean, I truly mean I love that movie. Yeah, it's a, it it's scary. one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it was... Yet, uh, and you never see it on anybody's lists. Nobody. Lists. Nobody talks about it. So Lucas Paz was amazing, amazing. in that movie. Amazing, yes. Like, uh, Dang. I just the sad thing is I don't think he ever caught up to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's good and he's a fun actor to see in things. He does a good job. But his acting in Lady in White, it was top notch. Yeah. I love that movie. So Yeah. So if you haven't seen Explorers, go watch Explorers. I mean, it's if you haven't seen it, if it's one you didn't grow up with, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> it's one of those films you kind of appreciate more if you grew up with where if you watch it now you're just going to be like what the hell is this right so it's it's hard to recommend to people that haven't seen it because they're just not going to see it through the childlike eyes that the billy that, that some people like billy and i have seen when we were kids you know and and that's the thing too because the whole concept of the story is to get kids to think we can do anything. Like we, nothing can stop us, no matter how much adversity. I love we that can... you're referring to us as kids, Billy. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, so and that's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, it just brings that sense of wonder. I can do that. I can be the guy who builds a spaceship that goes finds the new alien race. You know what I mean? It's like never-ending story. Yeah. You know, one day I'm gonna ride off into the sunset on Falcor. You know what I mean? I it's gonna happen. Yep. But you know, and that's what it is. If you look at it through that lens, that this is getting kids' imaginations, you know, flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I appreciate the movie. I know it's not perfect. I know Joe Dante isn't happy with it. And and the aliens are just so uncomfortable to watch. But, but but it's a fun like it's, it's a, like this is a fun and entertaining film that, and right. I and, and I enjoy it I enjoyed it. The aliens weren't made to scare kids. No, they were made to. They were they were. It was a live action cartoon. Right. It was made to be funny. Yeah. And it was made to get a kid laughing, because you have those moments of tension building up. Like if they, when they first get into the spaceship, going through the labyrinth of the spaceship, was drawn out. Yeah. So. Beautifully, and then you get to see the aliens, and you're like, "What? <laughs> Fantastic! Okay, cool." You know what I mean? It's just, it's wonderful. Show your kids, watch it yourself. Yeah, watch with it. At least show salt. it to your kids. 
Watch right. it with your kids because they'll probably appreciate it a lot more than you do. Right. It's kind of like, like Beastmaster. As a kid, you were like, oh, this is like the coolest action movie ever. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. When you show that to your kids, get them into the action genre. And then when they see other stuff, they'll be like, that was a good basis. That was a good jump starting off point. Yep. You know, and they'll look back at it fondly. If you watch it now, don't be too critical. Just know that it could have been better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have a quote from the movie that you want to share, Bill? Did you pick uh, one? Yes, I do. Um, I have to get this right because it's about elephantitis. Oh, that's the same one that I picked. Ah. So, so, all right. Well, so this is my pick. This is Billy pick. So go for it, dude. This is, all right. This is the single pick. I love this one. So this is right before Ethan Hawke's character, his, his, he's about to get beat up. And this is the trash talking phase of the fight where you know you're going to piss off the bully and he's going to punch you in the face. Uh, and they're talking about elephantitis. And Steve Jackson was like, What's elephantitis? And his explanation is elephantitis is when something gets bloated and ugly, like your ass, and then gets the snot kicked out of him. Mic drop. Boom. Like your ass, fool. <laughs> Click. I was Boom. so glad you picked that. I was like, I wonder if Billy Sick picked the same quote that I did. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, it was fantastic. When I was a kid, when you're a kid and you hear someone, you're like, heck yeah, he did. <laughs> like your ass, man. That's so awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to us talk about Explorers. Uh, we appreciate it. As always, like, subscribe, leave reviews. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, wherever social media. We're doing all kinds of social media stuff. So We're all over it. Yeah. So um, you can just, yeah. We've got some really cool stuff. Our next episode is something that we've been looking forward to for a while. Please stick with us. Like we said, we'll do Lady in White. We'll do Gremlins 2. That's on the list. But the next episode. I'm excited for the next episode, too. It's going to blow your mind. It blew my mind when I found out. It just it makes you angry and sad and happy, but you're, but you're happy. happy. Yeah, because you're like, and yeah. it's not. So. And, it, and I will say it's not about a particular movie per se. I mean, it is, but it's about one single cog in the movie. That... All right, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I I really want to talk about it right now. But show up for the next one. We're getting there. Art. We're getting better, guys. We, Are we, we started off. I hope so. Yeah. We, we think we're oh, getting we're better. Dead. Then we must be getting better. So let us know how we can do better. Yep. And we'll be here. We'll be here with another episode coming soon. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. And have Thanks, a guys. wonderful day.